Good afternoon and welcome uh, to another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. I am here today with Gordon May from Concern. Gordon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Wonderful. So I, I, I was just saying before we got on that I, I, I've heard so many, you know, wonderful things about Concern. I know you guys do a lot um, to support the community. Why don't we start off by having you just talk a little bit about what Concern is and what, what you guys do. Uh, Concerns a human service agency. We provide services, uh, behavioral health, adoption, foster care. We have a residential facility, community-based services, um, outpatient mental health, psychiatry, psychiatry, psychologist, therapist. Um, So yeah, those are the service. We really run the gamut of uh, various services uh, in the field. Wow. So that, that, that is definitely um, a lot of, a lot of things to cover. um, Yeah. Very. (laughs) Very needed services, yes. um, but you know, why don't we, you know, start a little bit with the the adoption process. Process. What can you talk a little bit about um, what you got, what you guys do in the maybe in the adoption and the foster care uh, arenas? Yeah, so that's actually it's funny you ask that first because one of the most exciting things I get to do is finalize our adoption paperwork. So when I sign, you know, when adoption's finalized, I get to sign the paperwork, comes across my desk, and I know we've uh, had an adopted family and a, and a kid found a home. So that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, the, it's a it's a long process, as you can imagine. Um, you you've got to go through, um, you know, uh, child profiles, family profiles. Um, and a lot of administrative requirements that you work with um, a case manager at Concern on that kind of walks you through that whole process um, on how you begin looking for adoptions. If you're interested, we educate you what it's all about, what it truly means, and then we walk you through the process, uh, you know, of eventually finalizing an adoption. Yeah, I've done I've done some adoptions for clients, and you know, a lot of the time I've done step parent adoptions, but I've I've done those are much more straightforward but when when you're when you're dealing with a with a third party adoption there's a lot of reports there's intermediary reports and there's you know home studies that need to be yes. need to be done and those are things that that the concern is able to provide yes correct yeah and we work directly with the statewide adoption network um we follow their you know um guidelines procedures we have licensing um so there's really a process that all the providers who do the service follow and when you're doing when you when you're doing a home study, what sort of things are you are you look are you looking at or are you looking for? Uh, really, the appropriateness of the family to adopt the child, all the safety things you can imagine. You know, is it really a good fit? Is this something that we think that they can do and provide a, a good home for this family? And that's what we really get in there and try to find out. Okay. Okay. And do you you also facilitate foster care in the county? We do. We do. We have so, approximately 150 youth in foster care right now. So, so do you do that in conjunction with Children and Youth Services, or is it separate from what the court might do? It's in conjunction with Children and Youth Services. So we contract directly with the counties um, to provide foster parents uh, for any youth in need. Yeah. And what sort of training do you pro- do you provide or require for foster parents? 
Uh, we actually have a whole training program that we go through uh, to have our foster parents uh, take pre-service training, we call it, uh, before they can even begin doing anything. Uh, there's hours of training that has to be done. One of the coolest things I did when I got here at Concern was I got to sit through that pre-service training because obviously I need to learn about that and go through trainings and see what we're doing. So I actually got to, to sit through the pre-service training and it's pretty amazing. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is just the amazing people, the questions, and who we get to come out to be foster parents is pretty awesome. Uh, and the training is top notch as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it it definitely takes a special person um, to be to be a foster parent. I yeah. And the in the training I sat through was even you know we part of our foster parent we do medical foster care, so we have a high number of kids. Uh, with medical needs and we actually oh. have families that come in wanting to take care of kids with really high medical needs like a trach or other health issues that require nurses to come in um these are kids that probably without nurse help would would be in some type of uh hospital facility uh, and those those parents are truly uh truly amazing absolutely yeah i i once had an employee who was a foster parent and she was just you know very selfless and really devoted herself um to that to that role mm. uh and so i, I it's it's inc it's incredible um, it is. watching what, what what some people will do um now is there do you have any any difficulty recruiting foster parents yes it's extremely difficult i mean that's one of the things we're talking about all the time is how do we get more families involved um you know at the statewide adoption network now there's probably close to 400 kids waiting to be adopted uh, which is pretty wild. Um, and there's always kids in needs of home, um, trying to get kids out of residential facilities and into foster care as well, um, and really don't have a place to go. Um, so we're constantly recruiting foster parents. Um, usually the best way we get them is word of mouth through our own foster parents, but we've done ads, we reach out. Uh, we actually have recruiters trying to find um, foster parents and go through a process to get them approved. So constantly working on that. Is there... Is there a particular type of person or parent that you're looking for that would be a good foster parent? Like, like if if someone's listening to this and and thinking, I might be interested, um, but it's not me. You know, what 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 sort of person are you looking for? Uh, someone with a, a big heart and home uh, to give a, a kid an opportunity. I mean, the one thing you don't realize is all the people that have been in foster care system. I was in foster care as a child, and it really does have an impact on people. And, and you don't see it every day, but you really talk to people. And there's there's a lot of people that you were like, oh, wow, they were in foster care. Um, so it's not something everybody always talks about. Uh, but you'd be surprised at how many people have experienced foster care along the way. How you know how how is how has being in foster care affected you as an adult? Well, I was in as a baby, so I don't really remember. I, I found out later on in life, uh, my, <laughs> my mom told me, I was like, wow, you know, there's a shocker. Um, so, um, you, but I think just the experience and my own personal experiences um, in the system and uh, with various things, uh, you know, really set me on my career path at a young age. I didn't even think I knew it at the time, uh, but it really did set me moving forward to, to where I am now. Well, we, we'll, we'll shift there for, for a moment. What, what is your, your background? So I grew up with my grandparents. My um, grandpa and grandma legally adopted me. My mom uh, had schizophrenia growing up, so she was in and out of my life. I never really knew my dad, uh, but I really did have an amazing childhood. And thank goodness my grandparents adopted me and my mom stayed in my life. She's still in my life today. 
Um, she manages her schizophrenia very well. We deal with it as a family, work together. Um, she's great with the kids. Um, so it's it's a it's a good example of how if you get support along the way, uh, you become very successful. Absolutely, and that's and that's I think what what concern does is you provide that scaffolding or that support mm-hmm. that people need people need um, because you know life can be complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Now from a, from an educational perspective, what, what, what is your, what is your background? I have a bachelor's um, in social work and minor in psych from uh, Shippensburg university. And I have a master's degree in social work from Columbia university, New York city. Yes. New York city. I love the city. So <laughs> how did you like living in the city during uh, when you were getting your master's? Uh, I loved it. So it was great. One of the cool things I always say about Columbia was in in undergrad, I got to go to Columbia and then I met, I had teachers that were the ones that were writing the books. So it was really (laughs) interesting. And I also had very diverse uh, classrooms where I learned a lot, uh, people from different countries, the diversity, it was, it was pretty amazing to live in the city and um, very, you know, just the energy. I loved it. Um, Great education, great experience. Um, So pretty fortunate. And what brought you to concern? Um, really their mission, uh, the foster care and the adoption. So it was really a career move about seven years ago. I was a vice president of another larger agency working nationally, doing very similar things, but we didn't have adoption and foster care. So when I looked at concern and I saw the adoption and foster care, I was like, I knew right away that I was going to get this job. I read it, you know, you read something, you're like, I, I got this. So I knew right away and I was, I was, I, you know, everything I could to get, to get that job. So. Are you originally from the Berks County area or? I, you- I'm not. I'm actually from the Mechanicsburg area. You know, obviously our office is in Fleetwood, uh, Pennsylvania, our corporate office. So I commute, work from home and then go to our other offices as well. So we have about 15 office physical locations now. Oh, wow. I, you know, I, I don't know that I realized that you that there were that many offices. What, what parts of the state do you cover? So we go the whole way up to Mansfield, Wellsboro area, some offices up that way, uh, Lewisburg. Um, and uh, then Fleetwood, then we got Wyoming missing. So that's that Reading area near you. Um, then we go down into Coatesville residential, and then we go the whole way down into Lanham, Maryland, uh, where we have a trauma-focused foster care programs where we have about 40 youth uh, in foster care there. Yeah. So w- w- you piqued my interest there with a, tra- a trauma-focused foster care unit. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's just a higher level of uh, training and support for um, youth with mental health needs uh, in foster care, right? So a lot of trauma, kids that have experienced, um, you know, like we all know, some things that have not been really great in their childhood. So really, it's providing those families the support, the education, the training to work with those kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and I know, you know, generally, you also provide mental health uh, services for, is it just for kids or is it for adults also? It's for adults as well. Uh, So we have a huge uh, mental health outpatient program through the state uh, where we service actually over 5,000 people a year, which is pretty wild. So um, we have a great program, great therapists, doctors. um, So we do a lot there. Yeah. And I know, um, I know that you, you guys, I think have a, um, have some some services that you provide to parents who are going through a divorce. Uh, w- what are those services? Uh, I think those services generally are um, uh, outpatient therapy services. So if a family needs a therapist or a, a son or daughter needs a therapist, 
um, you know, we provide that services that way. I don't think we necessarily have, you know, specific services for um, okay. people going through a divorce, but usually those families come in to get therapy or some sort of help. Um, and obviously if we're, you know, they would be with a case manager, caseworker and foster care, if that was something that was happening. So how did Concern get started? Uh, 1978, we're actually celebrating our 45th year this year, which is pretty exciting. So we're having an event November 10th, uh, the 45th in Reading. So we're really excited about that. The planning's underway. So 1978, uh, we had our two founders who are currently Director Emeritus on the board, Nancy Weikert and Glenn Hilligus, um, founded the agency in uh, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania. Um, and at the time, there really weren't foster parents being paid. And Nancy's told me multiple times when I got here, you know, the, how we named concern is people were sitting around trying to figure out what we were going to call this. And we wanted to pay parents to watch kids, this new idea. And, 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 and if, if parents are going to do this, why not pay them? Right. So they're, they're giving their home, like try to get them some resources. And everybody was so concerned for the kids. They just called the agency concern. And so I was like, Oh, we're concerned for this. We're concerned for that. So that was how the, the name came about is, is all the concern for kids, um, that are in foster care and the kids that needed a home. Wow. So it, 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 it grew from, you know, two people having just some concern for kids. Well, I don't it's, think it was just, those were the two founders, but there was a yeah. whole group of employees and, and people that worked there. And those, those were the founders. So I give it all them the credit, but there was a, you know, a lot of people <laughs> that started the initial thing and they were, they were instrumental for sure. All right. Now, is there still, is there something that, you think more people should be aware of about what you do that they wouldn't necessarily be aware of? I think, and I kind of said it before, I think the number of kids in need and the number of kids, I mean, in, in the country, there's over 400,000 kids in foster care, right? Um, there's at the Swan, there's 380 kids up for adoption. So I don't think people realize the need um, in how many kids are either homeless or in a residential or trying to find a home. Um, it's pretty sad when you look at it and I see it all the time. And that's that's one of the things we talk about when we're trying to recruit foster parents is we have these referrals and we don't have a place to put the kids. Um, and that's pretty sad. And when you don't have a place to put them, is they stay in residential facilities? Some of them stay in residential facilities probably longer than they should. That's just a um, just something that happens. Try not to have it happen, but it, it does, it definitely happens. Um, or they stay in foster parents as long as somebody can have them. It's short term. Um, and then you always hear about kids jumping from foster home to foster home, which we try to avoid. Uh, but it does happen. Okay. And so let's say someone wants to be a foster parent. Like, can you walk us through like what the process is to become a foster parent? Um, I think first thing is reaching out to get the information and 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 really researching, is this what you want to do, right? So really, it's reaching out and you can go to our website. There's a contact. You sign up and reach out, get the information. You'll get somebody and they'll kind of walk you through the process um, there. Okay. And then and then, like you've mentioned before, there's training and. You know, Pre-service training, uh, education, uh, child profiles, family profiles, uh, team meetings. Um, so it's a you know it's a it's a pretty long process. For good reason, because you want to yeah. make sure that you got the right people um, doing it. So here's here's the million dollar question: Why do you do what you do? Uh, I think I've always meant to do this. I love it. 
I'm one of the few people I'm so uh, so fortunate to do a job where I actually mean so much as we grow and develop new programs. I always said so. I always wanted, I was a clinician at heart. I did all clinical. I got pulled on the admin side. And the one thing I look at is the more programs we open up, the more people we hire, the more services we deliver, the more we develop, the more services we're providing to kids and families. So I try to have an impact that way. Always looking to grow. What are the programs that are out there, services we can provide? Um, so I, I love doing that. It's, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm so fortunate uh, to be in a position to do something I love and give back and, and, uh, and, and to be work with the people. I mean, I, I was a therapist. I see how hard our employees work and what they give of themselves uh, to our clients and their job. Uh, and I don't think people really understand that either, especially with COVID and the mental health crisis that's going on. I mean, people are really in need. We don't have enough therapists. We don't have enough workers. There's definitely a crisis there. We're always trying to hire. Um, and I love being able to support and try to help those individuals, those people do their job as best they can. Wonderful. Well, it's it's very inspiring to to hear all the the great work that that's happening at Concern, um, and and that you guys that you guys are doing. If if we have any listeners who are who want to help out, um, maybe they maybe they're not ready to become a foster parent. But what are some other ways they can help out to to support your mission? Um, we actually have fundraisers all the time. So if you're in Fleetwood, we do bingo. Uh, June 3rd coming up, we have a Highmark walk. You can go to the website, you can donate. So we're constantly raising funds that go directly back to the kids and families we serve. Uh, so we have different funds. That, so if a, um, a kid in foster care wants to go to a summer camp or needs something, you know, we, we actually purchase that. We get it for the family. We get them into the camps that they need to be in. Um, and that money directly comes from people that donate uh, to concerns. So you can help that way as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time um, yeah. here talking about uh, to talk about uh, concern. I'll give you the last word if there's anything else you want to make sure our listeners know about concern or. Please reach out, uh, get the information about becoming a foster parent. Uh, and also, if you need help or services, reach out to Concern. Uh, we get emails all the time from people who really just want help or need help. Um, so if you go to the website, um, you can contact, email us, and we'll get that information to the right person to reach out to you to try to get you connected with the services you need. Um, so we're always open. Um, and yeah, so. And, and what is the website or the phone number? Uh, it's www.concern4kids.org. Wonderful. Well, thank, thank you again, Gordon. I, I, I appreciate you being here on, on our show today. Thank you very much. 